Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from for Daily Wrestling Podcasts, where we not only preview and review Rampage, Dynamite, Raw, Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, premium live events, pay-per-views, we on occasion have wrestler interviews, uh, regularly have roundtable discussions and not this week host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course not this week on wrestle culture hamlet how much wrestling will you realistically be watching over the holiday season and will you be watching this show that we're going to preview we're not reviewing it because no. it's christmas eve would never not be honest with the people listening to this podcast especially not this time of year i'm going to watch it i will give this a look because of one specific stipulation that i'm about to talk about shortly uh what else will i watch i'll watch nxt I cannot not. Can't tear myself away from it. And they've advertised a battle for the bar. So they've at least made it unmissable. Yeah. They understand the reason for the season. Um, and like, we're going to preview SmackDown. Like, it should be on this feed. As you listen to this podcast now, there's also our sister preview for this Friday, the SmackDown preview. I mean, I cannot not watch that December 30th episode. And WWE know full well that. And that might be it. Oh, there's Dynamite in the middle. There's Dynamite in the middle. I might have to watch all of it except... Raw, Raw has even acknowledged that it sucks ass. So Raw's done the absolute best. So I can miss out. We're raw. When's obviously it's the absolute best on the twenty sixth. What's the next Monday? Because I always get confused. That'll be January first. Oh, we're we watching that. No. Oh, oh nah, we, nah, we're back. Are we in back in on the second? I think we're back in on the third. Ah, so there won't be a raw preview. I've got no if idea. There's, if there's a raw review, I'll be watching it. Like goddamn yeah, professional. But if there's not, I might treat myself. Yeah, I'm not watching it. I might. Like, I'll go on Twitter and see because if it's if it's anything really Nakamura good. Nakamura and Muta and Noah as well on the first. I'll be watching. I'll be going. Wow, it's quite a bit of wrestling. I'll be watching actually. a lot of wrestling. Um, I'm looking forward mostly to Falls Count Anywhere. I'll have to watch the Cena thing. He's a star. Yeah. I've never been a Cena guy, but he's a star, so I'll have mm-hmm. to watch what he does. And um, we'll be covering that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, on the SmackDown preview, which we'll be recording directly after this. Uh, yeah, I'll be watching Falls Count Anywhere, the Cena match, probably most of Dynamite schedule permitting. Um, I can't have to watch the fight for the bar on NXT. Of course. Christ. Long-term storytelling payoff. Six months deep if, if thing is going to get his hole. This is not laziness, by the way. It's all the view to refresh yeah. and recharge and just get really back into wrestling again because no one really cares about in December. Then again, it's like 2022. 
It's impossible to tear yourself away from wrestling, even in this traditionally cold, literally and figuratively mm. month. But we are here to preview Rampage, and I will watch it because it looks like a bit of holiday fun. And my internal alarm clock just gets me up at quarter <laughs> past five at a minimum every, at a maximum latest every single day. So the thing that is selling the show, this insane thing, three hundred grand, three kings, Christmas casino trios battle royale. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, so basically, um, I expect will they start in the ring or will they do staggered eliminations? Ooh, of course, yeah, they'd have to because they be. change the rules, and I get infuriated. When the rules change, yeah. because a double un- or nothing 2021 or revolution, I think it was revolution 2021, actually, yeah. where they did the Royal Rumble, but for tag teams, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't have the gravitas or the stakes or the historical significance or the buzz. So it was just like, oh, this is better, but at the same time, still not that good. Yeah. There are certain, even under the worst days, latter twilight days of the Vince regime, you can still get his agents to lay out a better multi-man ladder match than AEW, which I find disgraceful, quite mm. frankly, given the expression and the talent and the balls-to-the-wall style. Um, so that was bizarre, and they've never really got the rumbles right. So I'm kind of hoping it isn't a rumble, because they can do a battle royal yeah. out the ace. Can you remember the um, the winter is coming, or around about that time, when it was MGF and Jungle Boy for the diamond... The yep. beautiful diamond ring. And Jungle Boy proved his worth in a battle royal. And he's just like, oh my God, you're going to get eliminated. No, you're not. You're amazing at this. How have you got these big balls? Um, so they can do a battle royal. Uh, the latest um, one was pretty damn good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got kind of high hopes that this will be fun. It doesn't look too cluttered. Let's have a look at the field before we look at how good the match is going to be and who's going to win it. And the potential stakes beyond the money. We have got um, Aridavari. Yeah. Uh, Tony Nice and Josh Woods. So the Trustbusters was just a totally failed experiment. Yeah, of course. That he obviously I've... had no plans for. And why did I have to watch two episodes of Rampage consecutively with them in the main event? Of course, I considering that was it just was it a kind of a reminder of um what's his friggin' name? I was gonna say Horrorland. Uh Parker Boudreaux. Parker Boudreaux's mere existence, as if to say like Swerve was looking over all of this and he was gonna pluck him and take him. I think it was like one of them things where they just wanted nah. to, like they didn't want like they knew that the mystery guy was going to be an actual mystery, but then it would be much worse if Parker Boudreaux also felt equally as mysterious because like hey we've used him for the last six months yeah it's just totally it bizarre but they are clearly defunct as yeah. a unit and um, we have got ten Preston Vance Roosh and Drillistico yeah we'll be Dragon League remember that infamous angle with the highest stakes where you betray a family member mm-hmm. and it went 10 seconds and they haven't revisited <laughs> it since. Uh, we've got AR Fox in top flight and we get, mm-hmm. uh, we've got, uh, oh, where are my manners? This, the, I forgot the name of the show we're previewing. This is Rampage, baby. <laughs> I forgot again, it's this Rampage, baby. <laughs> Rampage. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I completely forgot the show we were previewing. Um, Kip Sabian and the Butcher and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade, it's fate to hang around with geeks. Yeah. All the time. So they're in it. Um, as are Luther, I think it's a Pentaco. Yeah. Because they teamed in Chaos Project. Um, and Angelico. They are. Do you know what they're called? Um, you remember how there was a stable in, well, TNA called the Spanish Announce Team? Yes. There are, these are the Spanish announce project. Oh. Uh, the two worlds. So, hey, yeah. Because like, like Luther had like some gaffer tape on his gear that said, Sap. 
That's great. Yeah. That's absolutely great. Uh, best friends, the Blackpool Combat Club and Dark Order. Um, and there's a heavy favourite. There's a heavy <laughs> favourite in the front and centre on the match graphic. Um, right. <sighs> match quality, look, this should be good. I don't know how you're going to do trios, tandem moves mm. with the field so cluttered. So it's going to be an absolute mess for the first three minutes. Once it clears and you get your, your saps literally out. Um, yeah, Josh Woods and Nice and Devorio aren't going to do anything. Um, there'll be some decent interplay I'd expect between the RFO and the Dark Order. And I think it will come down to best friends because they're always good for like a trio's title defense on telly, I think. So they'll want to keep them strong and maybe they'll make the final two um, with the BCC. But yeah, it's just bizarre because I don't, I've never seen one of these before. Yeah. I don't know how messy it's going to be. I don't know how trios can it feel. Well, even the, and I don't mind this rule, by the way, but even the tag team battle royals don't adhere to that. Your partner gets eliminated and you go too. Like, it's just you're eliminating, you're out, aren't you? So you can have tag team wrestlers that suddenly find themselves unexpectedly in a position where they've got to do it by themselves. That's good in a tag team context because you want to see how partners can cope. This almost needs the opposite. The trio needs to feel completely united and having to look out for each other at all costs. Like, the Blackpool Combat Club, really, this is an opportunity to beat them without pinning them because you're eliminating people. Um, spoiler, I think John Moxley's getting eliminated here, by the way. I think, I think John Silver or Evil Uno might be tossing... John Moxley. I do too, and I'll explain, I'll give you my reason after yours. But the BCC could still win, because it's obviously not a pinfall, and you know, like, you assume they're going to still be in the match. I... Yeah, because just to rewind, rewind, remind the listeners, when they do a tag team battle royale, if it. one person gets eliminated, the team's still in it. That's it, yeah. it's just that weird, awkward, all right, okay, I'll bugger off then. But they won't really feel like a trio as a result of that. Stick, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit of a, it's because it's he likes Three Kings. Like, the price shouldn't be three Three grand. kings, trios. Like, the price shouldn't be 300 grand. It should be some gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Like, all three should, like... And then the one guy that's saddled with myrrh should be a what, bit... What is myrrh? Nobody knows what myrrh is, and that should be the bit, like, next week on Dynamite. Like, say frankincense was, is a s- spice? Yeah. Myrrh must be a spice. Like, say if it was Kip Sabian, the butcher, and the blade, it'd be Kip Sabian getting the myrrh, wouldn't it? And they'd be able it's to do a bit gold. of that. So, I'm going to Google this. Gold is a symbol of kingship on earth. Frankincense and incense is a symbol of deity. And myrrh, an embalming oil, is a symbol of death. Oh, Christ. Then Luther. He's the original death dealer. They're winning. So Pentacle gets the final elimination. Here's why I don't think the Blackpool Combat Club will win. Mm-hmm. I think Hangman Page, as foreshadowed slash telegraphed in Tony Khan's way, was like, oh, is this on Friday? And he sort of darted off. Yeah what like a time machine <laughs> you know what i mean like it was a bit odd that wasn't it he just darted off gotta go gotta go partridge leaving that hotel early because he sees the tv execs leaving yeah so i don't know what was going on there but regardless so i think hangman is going to eliminate mox with the idea being that he really wants to get his hands on him but they're delaying the match because he's medically disqualified mm-hmm. at present and one of the reasons why i don't think the bcc are going to win beyond that even if you and Claudio are still in the matches what are your baby face hard asses who just kind of want to wrestle and violently beat people up? What are they going to do with 300 grand? You'd hope it's not just, ah, oh, it's to win money. Well, they're uh, terrible healthcare a, in America, a, so maybe they'll pay for William Regal's like, hospital bills. They don't like him. God forbid we go away. They don't like him. Get you have called him a snake. He's oh, obviously yeah. screwed Moxie out the title, and Claudio hasn't really said anything. Danielson's the only one who's really bothered. So there should be a bit about the winners getting the Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. what we're arriving at here. Um... The Dark Order, 
when they came into money via Hangman Page defeating Big Money Matt Hardy. God, yeah. Like bought Lone Wars and stuff. So they could do some shtick. Yeah. Um, the best friends, Orange Cassidy with money, there could be something there. What would Orange Cassidy spend his money on? Fast and the Furious? A new backpack. A new backpack. Yeah. Uh, Roosh has played like an international money playboy character, so they could do some stuff with the cashier. Would vindicate Preston Vance's choice to go with them, wouldn't it? Like yes. He, he would be a guy that suddenly had, like, not only has he got this newfound confidence and he feels like he's got away from these guys holding him back and this kid holding him back, he's got money as well. Uh, I could see that, actually. And they could use that as a lure to get silver? Yeah. As part of this. You're pitching a recruitment story. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> So it's actually very unlikely that it won't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, best friends can do some fun stuff for the money, so could Dark Order and the RFO. Because, like, the, imagine Moxley winning 300 grand. Like, you wouldn't resent him because he's John Moxley and you no. love him, but it's still, like... Okay. Ah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird. So I, I think the RFO are winning this one. Uh, yeah, I think we're trying to think about how uh, acts use money. Because three hundred grand is such a weird amount of money to, for it to be a stipulation, then not followed up on. Yes, like again, like holding up three hundred grand, like it's a belt, like just a briefcase full of cash, and then that be that, and you never hear from it again. It doesn't feel real, does it? Contract buyouts. Yeah, they could use that money to without the. Like, why would Tony Khan allow this? But it's one of those stupid things that he sometimes indulges. Uh, there, Rush's big on recruitment. He could attempt to buy out the contract of I don't know someone from the Dark Order just to because he hates them for reasons. Yes, this is all pretty stupid, isn't it? It's a bit rubbish, but like it's just an excuse to have a big gimmick match, isn't it? Yeah. And it's we were talking about a bit about this in the office. I feel like the last few weeks has been a conscious effort to always have something. Like, they, we've said about Rampage, there is no quick fix to Rampage at this point. It's a dead brand, and people don't feel like it's a point in television. So you have to provide... It's not just one good week with John Moxley. It's eight good weeks of lots of wrestlers and lots of stars. This is that. If absolutely nothing else, this is that. There are a few stars and lots of wrestlers in a big stipulation. And it's the main event of a otherwise packed card. So I kind of think maybe, even if we're overthinking the winners, or what you're going to do with the outcome, or little fantasy booking spots, this feels like just part of the ongoing attempt to address the rampage issues. I will give it that faint praise, maybe, but I'll give yeah. it that. I think the match quality once it's decluttered should be good, and I'm premising that prediction entirely on Claudio just cutting some of the aerialists out of the sky. Yeah. And they try and do things like AR Fox, Sabian, Angelico. He could just uppercut them to death, and that could be quite fun. The three kings in, the, uh, in that story, in that hit-selling book, The Bible brought gifts to Jesus, did they not? Yeah. Who was, according to this story, the son of God, who, as we last checked in, was feuding with Miro. So could he make a run in? Maybe. He's going back to the Fed. Yeah. That's why his Fed's buttered. Right. (laughs) We had a lot of excitement on the Dynamite review. Finally, they get like an 18-minute belter in the main event and performed quite admirably in the ratings as well. Yeah. Like the decline in that line was nowhere near as sharp as it can be when uh, just normal consistent trends. That's good. But we've already had 20 minutes, love. <laughs> <laughs> it's now time for a 30-second Jade Cargill squash match yeah. with Vert Vixen. Mm-hmm. Or Vert Vixen. Vert Vixen. Vert Vixen. And it's uh, it's Eliminator match. So she wins. <laughs> Whoa. She wins. She gets the opportunity to contend for the TBS title. Imagine, right... Breaking the streak. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by Better Help. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. Of Jade Cargill to get a title shot that you then lose. And uh, like this, uh, Jade Cargill eliminator match. Does not work. No, it's stupid. It doesn't work. Um, I hate eliminate, eliminate matches generally because they've sort of insidiously replaced the ranking system. Aye. And it's pretty lazy. The best thing for title matches with the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aye. Um, Is it even worth talking about? Well, the match isn't. I don't like... It's one of my least favourite things in AEW at the moment in a product that I think is definitely like on a significant upswing creatively. I think it's Jade Cargill baddie stuff. It's awful. Oh, it's awful. Really, really like, unwatchable dreck. I have no idea... Who I'm supposed to be rooting for? They did the they did the thing last week. This is I think this should be addressed. Uh, was it where what's the, I forget the other baddie's name? Not Red Velvet was grassing up Red Velvet for giving Jade Cargill a bit of a funny look, like when they were out in the ring there holding the belt, and then Jade Cargill was like, "Well, stop it, Red Velvet, otherwise I'll beat you out of the baddies." And I was like, "Yeah, really sorry." And then what happened? She gave her another funny look on camera. I yeah, saw no. I saw it in my eyes. So now like. If that isn't acknowledged, that's two weeks where the thing you just grasped her up for, she literally did it again in another filmed setup. I cannot work. It's rubbish. And the whole idea is like you want. Because Red Velvet is, feels like the match now, doesn't it? They, Tony Khan loves Triple H Batista. Just loves it. He's yeah. done it like quite often. Um, but the idea is you're meant to gravitate towards the heel and say, go on, turn baby face mm. and shut this prick up. That's what you're meant to do. Watching Red Velvet like tut. Yeah. It's like it's, I'm not seeing a fire. I'm seeing a disapproval and a shame. whinging. Shame, like, because there's loads of law. Like, there's loads of fire there as well. Yeah, they're like they've had good action before. Like Jade's <laughs> first win and first match in the Shaq match was Red Velvet on the other side. Yeah, the singles as yeah. well. After that, it was Jay Cargill's best match outside of the Anna Jay one. It's got potential. 
got potential, but like just uh, I'm not watching Red Velvet and thinking, oh, go on, turn on it. Mm. Your time. Yeah. I'm saying, why are you whinging? Yeah. Uh, there's before we go to the last match, which I'm banging to yeah. almost as much as you, I think. <laughs> and there's two interview segments also uh, advertised. We're going to hear from Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Is he just going to say Wardlow's world and I'm going to be the new king of television? Is it as basic as that? And I do we need far more? Is that dynamite? That match? Wardlow I, and Joe? I, yeah. uh, well, I, then yes, it is. But um, I don't know. I think they're in a real like sticky situation with Wardlow at the moment because... Not rooting for the title change, and it's all sorts of reasons. I don't particularly want to see the king of television dethroned just yet. I think it's a step back for Wardlow to win that belt, which is an indictment on the TNT title in general. But we are where we are with it. They kind of swore it would never become a mid card belt, but it has become one. So I don't think it necessarily helps Wardlow to have a second reign. It feels very much it like him winning it back is like this weird clunky acknowledgement of, right, this is the real quiz, which in itself is an acknowledgement that maybe the first title reign wasn't as cool as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. So why go back to it? Just take the L on that and think of like think of a story. There's a bit of a woman's division element of this with Wardlow. Give him an angle. It doesn't always have to be for a belt. Give him a story instead and yeah. let him have like let him rebuild his aura through a really interesting story. There must be somebody on the roster who poses a unique threat to Wardlow in a way that he wasn't ready for in all of his confident glory in 2022 that brings him down a peg and he has to find himself and regain a bit of what he's lost yeah. rather than just, nah, title rematch. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I kind of think that's what they're building. Like him saying, I didn't like that, Joe, and I'm going to beat you on Wednesday. Yeah. It's not, it's just... I'm more interested in uh, hearing from, as we will, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Hmm. It's funny this because they're baby faces. Yeah. They are... F- Far removed from the title picture. Then again, they could have won a thousand matches on Dark and Elevation. I probably wouldn't know. Yeah. And the uh, champions are baby faces. So you don't really want to, like, I'm not, I hate when you have to, this is more a Twitter problem than a podcast problem. But, like, when you say something and say, Mm. what about everything else you haven't considered in the same breath? I don't necessarily hate babyface versus babyface matches, but you try and avoid them because you don't want to divide your fans' loyalty. Like, if you go back and watch Punk and Hangman, that match was just like both guys getting booed as opposed to both guys getting yeah. cheered. So you don't want to do anything like that. So I don't know what is next for them. And I'm intrigued if only because they haven't explored this Eddie Kingston psyche is not right storyline enough in recent weeks. Mm. I don't know who they want to target. Like, can they not just try and restore the... Uh, you know what they could do is... Uh, they're not technically in the BCC. They could go after Guevara and Garcia. Kingston's like my, basically since that incident, my entire career in life yeah. has fallen apart. I've never stopped thinking about how much I hate Sammy Guevara. I want my redemption at the expense of Sammy Guevara. And it's funny that you've partnered with uh, Garcia because I've got my mate as well. And then you can do that tag team match and then you can tell whatever story you want to tell with Garcia and Sammy Guevara spinning off the back of it. Not bad. Yeah, don't mind that. Um, I thought it was in, like you sent me the, the graphic the whole card graphic for this. And I thought it was interesting seeing Kingston and Ortiz and the wheel here from bit. I wonder if Eddie Kingston will make a mention that every aspect of his life has fallen apart to the extent where, he doesn't have to name him, but conspicuous by his absence here is Santana. Maybe if he was here, we'd be in the Three Kings Battle Royal. And a little bit of resentment that there's only two of them and they've lost out on this opportunity that's been given to, quite frankly, some a bunch of losers and VCC and a few others that Kingston should have been in. Like, he can resent that openly. Um, and yeah, a tag team feud, I guess. I... This is going to amount to way more than 
I can speculate on now. Kingston never misses, realistically. It'll be 15 seconds and back. Yeah, and I, like by the end of it, you'll care a little bit more. I just think at the moment I'm struggling to... I'm struggling to fantasy book him because I feel like the more I book him, the more it feels like a fantasy. Yes. Which is really sad because for the longest time, Kingston was the guy, like the ultimate like dream match guy because you would see something. Like whatever would materialise would deliver exactly as brilliantly as you think thought it would, whether it be Brian on Rampage or whether it be the Punk Classic of yeah. Full Gear or Ishii on the pre-show. It never, ever fails to live up to the very high expectations you've set in your head. But when nothing comes of it and nothing materialises and another Grand Slam passes, you sort of think, I'm just going to stop setting myself up for disappointment. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with Kingston at the moment. It's a bit like we said with Ricky Starks. That absolutely went against type in bringing him out after he lost to MJF to bring him out for a promo and immediately reheat him. So maybe maybe that stance is changing in AEW in general and will for Kingston. But it's just really hard to want to manifest stuff when you're seeing so many things not come to fruition from. Yeah. Uh, I so I just don't know what he's doing. I don't know what they've got planned for him. I don't know the extent of the plan as well. Mm. I don't know because he's just vanished. And the disconnect between how he's booked, if he was any other wrestler on this roster, you'd think, all right, okay, well, he's been downgraded. He doesn't, like, Tony Khan doesn't care about him as much. But because the guy's personality is so amazing, because his wrestling ability is so amazing, his ability to cut promos is so amazing, that everyone wants to project real... Yeah hefty stuff onto him and is that the case anymore I don't know maybe this is the slowest of slowest burns I hope so I hope so me too uh, the other one of two feature matches is uh, Anthony Bones and Daddy Ass. that's uh, literally how he's um, built at this point <laughs> versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal I want to look the very brief thing is that this match is going to be more fun than good mm. and I suspect that Daddy Ass is going to take the pin to set up hopefully a gimmicked because I just want to see a guitar yeah Hopefully a gimmicked match between the acclaimed as their true form um, against Jarrett and Lethal. So Daddy Ass can take the pin. It's a better way around it than um, the match to build a match. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit close to it, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Um, but the match will be more fun than good. And I think Daddy Ass has taken the pin. So that's all I can say on it, really. But I just want to put the acclaimed over. Their reign is fast becoming one of my favorite title reigns in AEW history. I agree. Any belt? Any yeah. belt because the emotions there as it was with the Swerve in Our Glory um, feud and uh, the National Scissoring Day segment, which is just so nice. Mm. And then also you've got that genuine piss funny mid card stuff that it's so light, it's so breezy, it's so amusing, and you just it's kind of got it all. And you got the match quality there yeah. as well, given the right opponents. Like this won't be up there with the best AW tag title matches when it happens, but my god, um, that. Sanjay Dutt rap yeah. was so poor. And I watched it again about five times last <laughs> night just to see Jarrett's face. Oh, he's great in it, man. And because they've got such over-distinct, uh, very entertaining characters to play off, not only can the acclaimed do raps on anyone with anything to take the piss out of, mm. and it's always very funny, but you can subvert that, because they did it with Keithleen Swerve. You can subvert that and then just have... Complete dickheads be deluded into thinking they can rap as well, which is so bad it's good. And then with the FTR, they can hang and they can go and they I, can make matches feel big time. I, I, everyone loves the acclaimed. I love the acclaimed. It's low key. Tony Khan's. It was something like CM Punk and MGF. Yeah. Right, you know CM Punk and MGF had a huge role in that. 
And so like Page and Omega, you know what style and tone the story takes on and how much collaboration there is. I'm not saying that Max Caster and Anthony Bones aren't having any input here, but the idea of putting them together and believing in them at the expense of FDR, no less. Like, this is Tony Khan's biggest achievement as a booker, or one of them anyway. They're just so over. The mm-hmm. merch, the ratings, and I just... Everything they do is not must-see television, but when I see it, I'm just a happy human being. Yeah, it's like... I, I, could, I agree with all of that. This this has revealed something to me as well, because I think I would classify this as the Luke uh, Source and Jungle Boy reign, but good. Right? Yes. Because you've got two baby faces that you're hoping... You know, it's bad practice to have the, you know... Belt, elevate the man rather than elevate the belt. But it's a bit of both with, like, Jungle Boy and Luke Storis and with the acclaimed. And that can be okay as long as, as we're discussing now, the reign starts to feel like something quite special and something quite prestigious, which it has done. The difference is in one is being booked with care and attention and the acclaimed are, understandably, such a passion project to Tony Khan. And Luke Storis and Jungle Boy were kind of booked like the women's division. Like, well, we've got a new challenger. Yeah, here's one 10 second video and then we're going to have the match and the right. match is going to be a good, a good standard but who cares really because you never, we never were encouraged to care about this um, this is like as you alluded to it's like a cheeky way to delay the actual match yeah. but a fun one nonetheless because what he's done here is in abandoning the rankings he's found a way to just give Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal a little bit more of a claim to the belts they lost at the pay-per-view like comprehensively lost, and they've won one match since. And they've won one match and of gone renown, s- and gone straight back into title contention. They will win this one here with a victory over somebody that is linked to the champions. So then you've got something approximation of a rankings win and an emotional tie. Yeah. So you've kind of you've done the necessary brick building in order to get to the tag title match. So I really don't hate this, and I want uh, I want to hear after the fact, and this could just be me, my total Jeff Jarrett Mark thing coming out. But I'll give a bit of credit to Jay Lethal here as well because he's a guy that both me and you have both said we're not ever that bothered when you see the Jay Lethal singles graphic. But he's the proper wrestler's wrestler guy. You know, the matches are more for the people in the locker room than they are for the people in the audience sometimes. But I just think the same will be said for Jarrett where in about two years' time, like the acclaimed will say something like, God, we locked up with him and it was like starting from scratch. And I learned it all over. Yeah, yeah, I want Jarrett to be one of them guys, and I want like this to just this nice thing of like, well, you know what? He came in, and everybody thought he was going to carny his way to winning titles, but he had a banger party match, and he put the champions over. He put like the people. He did the job he was supposed to do before he went and did his office job and got yeah. away from telly for a bit. So I think all of this could have like a really nice ending as well. I think it'll look good on the acclaimed acclaims reign. You'll reflect on every title defense and see how the team grew and how they overcame the different obstacles. I do think we are going back to the acclaimed FDR at Revolution. Yeah as well um and that'll whichever way that result goes that's going to be captivating to try and work out the political machinations of like i think this will resonate as a really nice chapter after the fact yeah i think the defining trend of professional wrestling in the last three years and the advent of aew is that there are so many wrestlers who are technically very 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 good that i just simply can't care about because we've seen tv wrestling and tv wrestlers resurface and I think the acclaimed have just nailed what it means to actually hold the interest of the audience in 2022. And they've been amazing. And I think this will be really, really fun. And um, I I just, everyone loves the acclaimed. I love the acclaimed. If you love the acclaimed, let us know <laughs> under the uh, Twitter link to this podcast at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're on that hellscape, you can follow Michael Hamflet, who will not be seeing anything. <laughs> at Michael Hamflet. I will, because I'm chronically obsessed and can't let go. At um, Cedric, once again, you can follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, coming up later today, 
uh, or concurrently, more or less. Um, it's the SmackDown preview, so make sure to uh, check that out. A bit barren um, over the coming days with the mm-hmm. soft being off for the holidays, but we have potentially, maybe, yeah. if you stick around your podcast feeds, recorded one or two um, podcasts, um, and, you know, we might have to come in on Christmas Day as well. Oh, yeah, like duty calls. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's a bit of a seasonal special at this point. Yeah, I think, uh, like, I can't guarantee it. Yeah. But, um, look, I think we might have to come in on Christmas Day and record a little bit something just to reward the loyal listeners. Hey, man, I love my family, but it's either escaping to the toilet with biscuits or coming in the studio. It's one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. One, one, of, one of them takes significantly longer than the other, <laughs> in most cases. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, we really value your continued custom. Have a great holiday season, mm. and we will see you very soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.